Good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of Just Telling My Stories. I am so happy to be here at KAZ Radio TV one more week, one more time, just telling my stories. Um, This week, you know, we tell stories at this show and we tell stories to uplift you, to encourage you. We tell personal stories, other people's personal stories, sometimes it's just stories just plain made up, but stories to simply entertain and inspire you. As I was contemplating what story to tell this week, I thought about a story that um, I wrote years and years ago, probably in the 80s, and I happened to run across the actual handwritten copy from years and years and years ago. And that story is about three little churches. But as we were talking about the churches, I began to feel some kind of way about the churches now and the pandemic that we're going through. And we've all experienced things. We, I never thought I would experience anything like this in my life with this coronavirus pandemic. Um, I'm tired of masks, but we got to wear them. The hand sanitizer, the social distancing, and so much death around the world. I used to get up and watch the statistics every day to see how many people died here and there. I can't do that anymore. I keep praying and I keep praying that God would heal our land and that he would deliver us from this dreadly disease. But after now, the shock is kind of getting over and people are kind of going back to their normal routines, which is not a good thing because it's still out there. But I begin to think about how much we're missing out on by not being able to go to the churches, not being able to fellowship or have the monthly dinners or the other things. I know the church is within us, but I started to think, what kind of effect is this going to have on the churches as a whole? I know you probably remember on the color purple when, um, I forgot her real name, but Oprah, her play name, but Ofra went off to jail and, and came back to see her family for the first time in a long time. And tears began to roll down her face. And she said, I don't know y'all no more. I pray to God that it's not like that when we are able to go back into our churches. Last week I had, um, since the pandemic, I've had some, some physical challenges again. And um, we haven't been able to go to church. And so I've been praying. I'm a prayer warrior. And I have my prayer warrior group. And I prayed and everything. But last week, I opened up my office. And a few of my clients came in. I had a, a client a day just about. And we sanitized everything. Did the social distancing and everything. And this time, my walking had been affected. And she noticed it. And she she's not a church member of mine. Um, we never even talk about church, but I know she's a mighty prophetess of God. And she stood there in my office six feet away and prayed for me. And I felt like this is what's been missing. I've had people pray for me. And of course I pray for myself, but how is this pandemic affecting us as Christians when we're not able to gather together? The Bible tells us to fail not to assemble ourselves. Of course, it's not taking it, talking about now, but how is that going to affect us in the future? 
as church members, as people of, of God that are used to socializing and fellowshipping and singing together and praying together and having the ministers lay hands on you and sharing your losses and sharing your joys and sharing things of life together. Uh, a month ago, it came to me to um, help my first lady have a, a tea party on Zoom. And it was very well received. As a matter of fact, we're having one every month until COVID goes away. But as I made the phone calls to the elderly ladies, and, and we had sent out tea bags and beautiful cards to their homes, and as I called them to remind them, because the mail is a little bit slower, there were so many women that had not heard from anybody from the church since March. And it was May since March, except for the pastor and maybe their class leader. And I know when you have 200, 300 members, it could be hard to do that, but how is this pandemic going to affect our churches? We've got to find a way to keep the connection. Another thing I thought about, my grandma used to tell me, as far as, as preaching in church, and you can't eat off of everybody's plate. And now, on Sundays, you can go to 29 different churches all over the world. And the devil's trick, I believe, is to get you liking somebody else's plate better than your pastor's plate. And we got to find a way to keep that connection, keep that love from brother to brother, keep that love from sister to sister. And so you can think of things to do. You can make phone calls to some of your members you never even talked to before. In a larger church, there's still after quite a few years some people that I know their face but from time to time I may forget their name but we speak to each other when we're out and about but during this time of COVID we got to reach out and really just call and ask how are you doing I'm not one to whine or complain and and so I'm not going to call anybody and tell them I'm going through this but a lot of our members have died what is it going to be like when we go back into our churches and the mother that used to sit over here is no longer there. The brother that sat in the balcony is no longer there. We have to be careful. Of course, we have to obey the laws of the land, but as the body of Christ, we got to fight with everything we have to let our brothers and sisters know that we are still united. You know, a cup, if you're on a praise team, maybe you can get on the phone and, and just sing songs to each other. You know, you have the regular Bible studies going on, but people that weren't going to the Bible study when they could physically probably aren't going to get on the phone. But find somebody from your church that you can get to know a little bit better. Um, a cute thing happened is tomorrow we were having um, the First Lady's Zoom tea party again, and we are um, having a recipe share. So one of the mothers that doesn't have the video capabilities on her phone, she mailed me a cute little card and a handwritten letter with $12 in it. She wrote down, hand wrote her recipe. She gave me the $12 and the ingredients to buy. And she said, Evangelist, would you please make this for me and show the pictures at the tea party tomorrow? <laughs> I thought that was so sweet, but it shows you that people need community. I mean, the sermons on Sunday, you're just watching your pastor preach. There's no interaction that you have. So to, to save the, the, the camaraderie and the friendship that we have as, as church members, 
find a way to stay closer together. I can't tell you what that prayer of a, a Christian being in the same room as me. It just, I, I started walking differently. Immediately I started not feeling the pain that I was experiencing. And I started to cry because I figured there's so many lonely older people at home that are just wishing they could, could hear somebody's voice or see their face or be part of the body. My fear is, is that when we are able to go back into the churches, will people want to come back? Because it's been such a long time. Um, imagine you have a boyfriend and, and you don't get conversation out of him, but you get conversation out of 20 other people after a while. You know, you may not need his conversation. So we have to make sure that we fight with all that we have to keep the familyship of our churches. I don't know if that's a word, but, you know, to keep the unity in our churches, to make phone calls, um, share pictures, um, call and sing with somebody, do some things so that the devil doesn't use this to further divide the church. It's sad enough that we can't get together, and the Bible clearly says, fail not to assemble yourself together, but it also says, obey the laws of the land. But this poem that I wrote, probably in um, a story, in 1985, because I went to a little church in a small little street on the outside of our um, town, and people used to laugh and make fun of that little church and call it the mud church way out on Tobacco Road, and it was um, at the time St. Paul Church of God in Christ in Lansing, Michigan. But, you know, God used that little church, and even now there were probably about seven families in that church that had a lot of kids. A couple of them had 18 kids, and one of them had maybe 20 kids, and then the other ones with nine and five. But anyway, even today, I look at those members from way back as I call them church cousins but it's amazing to see how even 30 40 years later we have that family ship and that friendship and we remember all the things that we went through together GM was laying off and churches families were feeding each other and giving money to pay their rent to make sure but it was a real church family and even now I've only been to maybe four churches in my whole life that one was for 40 years. But even now, that love and that community that we built then is lasting. So we have to find a way through this corona to keep that up. But it's called Three Churches. I want to tell you a story about three churches. As most stories go, once upon a time, there was a young man traveling through the countryside. During his travels, he passed three churches. The first was magnificent, something to really behold. And he came near the church, and the church called out to him, Come, come, my lad, come, come and behold my beauty. Once inside, view the world through my opulent stained glass windows. <laughs> Stand upon the floors of marble imported from ancient shores. Yes, feast your eyes on my treasures. Yes, come, silver, gold. Yes, my lad, come, come, come inside. Enjoy my beauty. Quite tempted, the young lad continued his journey when he came upon a second church. 
The second church was not nearly as magnificent as the first church, but it held its own. It had its own air of distinction, and it called out to the young lad as well. My son, my son, come inside. Come inside my hollowed walls. Come and bask in the presence of dignitaries who have come before you. For you see, I can't boast of treasures sent from fire and silver and gold, but in my day, I've had more than my share of dignitaries. Bishops, royalty, aristocrats, and such. Yes, my son, come. Come sit within my hollowed walls. Why, I don't recall exactly, but rumor has it that even the Lord Jesus Christ himself has come here once or twice. Come, my lad. Again tempted, the young man continued on his journey. As he neared the outskirts of town, he saw yet another church. Nothing in particular really stood out this time. But this time the young man called out to the little church. And what will you boast about, little church? The little church replied, well, as you can see, I can't brag of crystal chandeliers or towers of ivory. You see, they used to tease me and call me the little mud church way out on Tobacco Road. I've never had any treasures to think of. The only thing I'm remembered for is the little pot-bellied stove that the saints would shout around every Friday night. <laughs> My founders were, were young, and, and then they raised their families here. Other families came and raised their families as well. Yes, I've been through some hard times. Once we were burned down by fire, and, and twice we were doused by flood. But the people here never gave up. Yes, within these very walls, I've seen many, many, many great revivals. And as a matter of fact, many other churches have sprang from these humble beginnings. There's one thing that I am proud of. For over 50 years, the people come here to celebrate what they call homegoing. Old members, descendants, and family members, and friends come from miles around to reminisce of the old days and the days gone by. On homecoming, you can feel the love. On homecoming, you can share the stories and hear the stories and treasure the memories of the ones that are no longer with us. Yes, I've had some great people here, not necessarily rich or famous, but brave, courageous, pioneering folks who held tight to the Great Commission to reach souls for Christ. Yes, my son, God has been good to this little church for over 50 years. For upon this rock, he built his church. I can't boast of wealth or earthly treasures, but through the storms and through the trials that the people have gone through, the people are the most precious asset here. Well, you're welcome to come in. Yes, my son, come in a hurry, come in. Come on, my lad, come on inside, for you see, today is homecoming. The Lord is already inside. He's saving a seat for you. This is the place your forefathers told you about. 
You see, churches aren't necessarily, even now, especially now, it doesn't matter how magnificent the church is, how many acres you're sitting on in your church. What matters is, are you carrying out the great commission of Jesus Christ? It may be that in March, some new saints came, some new souls came to Christ. Have you checked on them since then? Have you called to encourage them since then? Yes, life gets hard and it can be a struggle at times. Have you called to, to, to make them feel a part of it? Or they have they just drifted away? And you figure, well, when it comes back open, they'll come out. But you see, Jesus had, there were a hundred sheep and one straight away. He left a hundred and went, left the 99 and went looking for that one. Have sheep strayed away in your church? It's not just a pastor's job to check on people. What have you done to check on people? What have you done to make sure that our elderly and our widowed and our single people, that their mind is together? They say on the commercial, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. The devil is playing tricks on people's mind about, I, they didn't care about you anyway. You, they just wanted your money or wanted your ties. This is the crucial time. We got to not let the devil take away our people. Depression is real. There's people that suffered from depression before this. What are they going to do now? How are you as the body of Christ making sure that we watch out for those and that we cry out for those souls? It's just simple things that we can do. And today with so much technology, we can do a lot of things. My first lady, she's a, a baker, and she bakes these wonderful cakes, and she's been baking cakes and wrapping them up and dropping them on people's doorsteps. <laughs> you know, so there's so many things you can do, and not just the church, also your neighbors. Check on your elderly neighbors. Check on your neighbors with children. Check on your neighbors to, um, to see what's going on. My husband was laughing at me. He got in my car the other day, and he lifted up the console in the middle, and a bunch of dollars and five dollars popped up. And he said, what is this? And I said, that's my homeless people money. <laughs> so that way, if you see people on the street and you want to give them something, you don't have to go rumbling in your purse or whatever. You just reach out and give them whatever. And I want to get care packages of sanitizer and masks and different things to help. Now is the time for the church to shine. Because the world is hurt and full of darkness and gloom and what they say on that hillbilly show, gloom, despair, agony on me, you know. And so they're feeling that way. But we got to show up as, as a light. We got to show up as hope because we haven't lost our hope. Because if, if the whole world dies from coronavirus, we know that we have a, a mansion built in heaven set for us. But in the meantime, why not be a messenger of hope to those around you? Why not be an, an ambassador of encouragement? And it takes just little things, little things to make sure somebody's having a better day. That day my client came up, I was really not having a good day. <laughs> and she stopped the business that we were doing to really, really pray for me. I have a lot of African friends, and they, they don't play when they pray. They crush the devil's head and roast his foot and all kinds of stuff, you know. But at the end of the day, he leaves and gets up out of there. 
we have to be able to stop what we're doing to really pray for people when we sense a need. And we have to pray for our discernment as well to, to see, well, sister so-and-so broke her leg and she's over there by herself. Maybe I can make her a pot of greens or something or whatever and just be the Christians that we're supposed to be. Bake some banana bread or learn. I've gotten pretty good at baking banana bread. And so um, I can share that with people. But just love on people because these are stormy and dark times. And we are the light. We are the light of the whole world. And if your church happens to be one of those churches that used to be known for the magnificent chandeliers and the, the, the ivory floors and all of that kind of stuff, Know that none of that matters. Know that the church is within our hearts. And even though they shut the doors for health reasons, we, the church, has to be like that little church. That little church that loves, that little church that cares, that little church that pulls together when the roof falls in and we pull together and pull our monies and our resources together. I've heard even a lot of people have stopped tithing as much because they don't feel connected to anything. You sit up and watch enough YouTube services, you're going to start feeling connected and tied into one of those. So I would warn you to, it's okay to watch those, but like my grandma said, you eat from too many plates, you get sick or get confused or whatever. You know, you, you belong to your own church, and you should still support those things of your church. So that was my little soapbox because it was bothering me and it was concerning me about what's going to happen. I don't want us to be like Oprah and say, I don't know y'all no more. Because that's the strength that we have when we are together. I have, I have a couple announcements here that I want to um, share. To Slowly, I'm, I'm having things back at my office to help people because this is a, a mentally trying time for people that have lost their jobs, people that are at the um, brink of losing their homes, people where two people in the family have lost their jobs. The companies are there no more. So I want to do my part to help encourage and strengthen people. I'm going to start having workshops at the office of how to, how to pick things back up after COVID. You know, maybe you did lose your job. How to pick how to pick up the pieces, how to not let it devastate you, how to continue to take care and provide for your family. Um, we're going to also start having things for the small businesses to be able to come out and have a place to display, display their candles or jewelry or baked goods or books. Um, we're allowing authors to come to our office to have their book signings so we can have a safe place where we can still social distance and still kind of sort of get back on, on creating income for our households. So it's called the First Saturday Group Book Signing Workshop Pop-Up. And it's for $25 a table. We have the tables and we have the spaces for at least about 15 people. And believe it or not, we have 12 of them already booked up. But it'll be on the first Saturdays of the month from 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock, starting August the 1st, 2020. And you can contact Milana Mills. She was a guest on my show two weeks ago at 216-323-8786 or myself, Deborah A. Wright, at 216-302-9478. Not only will we have the pop-up tables for people to share um, their, their, their wares, 
We will have tables for people that have recently written a book. You can come and you can share your book and have a book signing. Have your friends come up into one central place and they can sign your book. And also, I'll be doing many workshops during that 12 to 4. Workshops on how to regroup after corona. Workshops on how to start a home business. It'll be a different workshop or a couple of different workshops every month. But feel free to take advantage of that and come in and participate in that also tomorrow at the suite i have a consultant that has agreed to come in with me and we will be walking people or helping you do your stimulus applications for business or for unemployment so for 25 dollars, you come in and you sit down with one of the consultants myself or dr walker i mean wrong name <laughs> dr stokes i keep thinking of him something else and we'll help you go through your um for your small business or for your own um, unemployment. And you'd be amazed and you'd be shocked at how many people qualify for that. And people are getting six, eight, ten more thousand dollars. And during this time, this will really help you during this pandemic. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to Just Telling My Stories. And twice a month, we're going to have special guests come in. I had two guests come in. If you would like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me or message me, and we can schedule you in sometime for the future. And also, if you would like to donate to this um, broadcast so that we continue to bring you quality guests and stories and stories just to inspire you, you can cash app dollar sign D-A-T-Z-W-R-I-G-H-T, dollar sign D-A-T-Z-W-R-I-G-H-T, or you can send it to KAZ Radio on our behalf. I want to thank you again and be reminded of the first Saturdays. If you have wares that you learn to make candles while you're in corona or, or, or fragrances or lip glosses or whatever, come out and get a table and share with, um, with the community. It is required that you have a mask. We're still following social distancing, and the suite is large enough to have our six-feet distancing and those kinds of things, too. Again, tomorrow, if you need help with your stimulus package, whether for personal or for business, for $25, come out to the suite, which is located at 27801 Euclid Avenue on the fourth floor. 27801 Euclid Avenue in Euclid on the fourth floor. And for $25, one of our consultants will get you set up with those funds that you desperately need at this time. Thank you. Please look out for someone in your church. Create some ideas. Even message them and share them. Something that you're doing with your church members so that we can remain close, a close-knit body of Jesus Christ during these peerless times. Let us be the light that God is calling for us to be. Thank you.